Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith. Would you like to wake and bake with me like three times a week? Uh, would you like to hear me talk to my wife about intimate details about our personal life, which in 21 years of being married ain't really all that exciting anymore? Would you like to hear all the old episodes of Fat Man on Batman, where I used to sit down and record one-on-one interviews with people and stuff? Uh, do you want to listen to old episodes of Jane Silent Bob Get Old? There's one place where you got to go, man. Join me. At That Kevin Smith Club. That's right. If you go to thatkevinsmithclub.com, you can join as a clerk or a mall rat or a yoga hoser or a fun employee, man. There's all different levels. Uh, but you get access to really cool stuff, including cartoons nobody sees anymore, uh, stand-up specials nobody's ever seen, movies people don't get to see anymore. It's all right there in the Smithsonian screening room, man. And the uh, podcast library is deep, kids. It's deep, man, except for Hollywood Babylon. That's available over at the Ralph Report. So, but everything else, come to thatkevinsmithclub.com, man. And we want to club you. Don't you want to club Kevin Smith? Here's your chance, thatkevinsmithclub.com. Greetings, children, and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir. I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. And we are talking from two different places as per usual, man. I wanted to go see her in um, Dallas for Thanksgiving, but she was like, if you come on a plane and see me, I will not open the door because you fucked with an airport. It's scary. It, w- it was a responsible choice. We made the responsible choice as a family to do what was safest. The kid uh, was uh, adorable. Her and Austin zoomed their Thanksgiving meal with uh, Myron and Gail and me and Jen. We were all in three separate places. And the kids actually had a legit Thanksgiving meal, whereas Nan and Pop had like a turkey sandwich and uh, we had a pizza. <laughs> Have you taken the time to drive up to Austin or over to Austin or down to Austin? I think we're going to next week. The fuck has taken you so long, man? (laughs) It's like a liberal oasis. You can go literally smoke weed on the streets if you want, man, and watch the bats come out from under the bridge. We don't like to leave our house. (laughs) I mean, sure. But like you can get in the car. I don't. But if somebody said, hey, man, drive an hour, you watch all these fucking bats come out from under the bridge at night. I'd be like, fuck, yeah, let's do that fucking <laughs> night. Let's get blazed and watch the fucking bats fly, man. The Austin bats. And also, you date a guy named Austin and you haven't gone to Austin. To take pictures. Welcome to Austin. Austin. Keep Austin weird. That's their motto and shit. You can buy a shirt that says keep Austin weird on it. His namesake city <laughs> is a mere hour away. And you two lazy fucking millennials, what are you? Gen Ys? Gen Zs? Gen Z. You lazy fucking Gen Zs won't take the drive. I mean, there's, there's photo opportunities galore. Every sign between where you are and Austin is going to say, Austin, this many miles on it. <laughs> You're just jealous because you want a place to be called Kevin so you could have a million photo opportunities. Oh, my God. If there was a Kevin, New Jersey, I would fucking live there. You'd be, you'd be, born, you'd be raised there. You'd be Kevin living there right now. You'd be escaping Kevin, New Jersey. Like, I fucking hated growing up 
in Kevin. <laughs> I do not want to live in Kevin, New Jersey. That sounds bad. <laughs> I'd be the mayor, man. And our fucking catchphrase, our slogan would be like, it's heaven in Kevin, New oh, Jersey. God. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do not want to live in Kevin, New Jersey. <laughs> what was on your uh, vegan Thanksgiving uh, menu for those you know who are invested in the show because we will you know, slaughter misinformation and butcher bullshit. <laughs> there was vegan mac and cheese, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. vegan stuffing. I keep saying the word vegan just so that in case anybody had any questions that it wasn't a vegan roast, a vegan pumpkin pie. What's vegan, a vegan roast? It, it's like a meat roast. Like a, it was so similar. It was the turkey substitute. Yeah. It, I really liked it. Austin did not like it. <clears throat> But I thought it was really good. It kind of tastes like turkey, I think. I don't really remember what turkey tastes like. but Turkey tastes like baked hate. Yeah, exactly. It didn't taste like It's just baked like, hate. listen here, bird. We're going <laughs> to eat the fuck out of you once a year. But mom and I talked a lot of, about this year, how um, we don't really think that we should celebrate Thanksgiving traditionally anymore because it's a pretty terrible holiday based on pretty insanely terrible things and it also revolves around everything that i don't stand for so look i'm all for it man i mean there's no there's yeah i'm i've celebrated enough thanksgivings i'm fine if you were like we're never doing it again i'm like great well mom and i were like maybe we can just eat pizza every year or something you don't feel a sense of we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Not that. I think that we should gather together and be thankful every day. I don't think that we need to choose a day that like hundreds of people were slaughtered on and their land was stolen. That's just my opinion. Um, look, I'm not fighting you on it. It's, uh, I, I don't, I don't feel passionate one way or another. So I'm not, but I, you're, you at least make more sense than the arbitrary. Like we do this because a long time ago, the pilgrims and the native Americans sat down to eat. And that sounded like a bullshit story anyway. And we also know that like how fucking good the pilgrims were to the native Americans. I mean, maybe that fucking first meal, they were like, Oh, this rocks. But after that, they were like, how do we steal their fucking land? It wasn't even that. It's when uh, hundreds of Native Americans were slaughtered by pilgrims and the the feast that they ate was in celebration of the the massacre that just happened and the land that was stolen and the lives that were taken. It wasn't, there was no peaceful sit-down situation. It was a celebration of of massacre and taking land successfully it's a pretty bad day it's a pretty terrible holiday thanksgiving (laughs) i just was became really aware of it for the first i mean not the first time i've known but i became really aware of it here since we couldn't really celebrate that much anyways i was like well really what is this holiday and it's Mm. for native americans it's a it's a huge day of mourning because it's it's such a terrible holiday with a terrible history that I don't know why or how it's been so distorted. But in schools and everything, they do, they teach you something totally different. But yeah, I believe that's called whitewashing. Yeah, my whole life I, I was told that it was uh, you know um, 
the the we were pilgrims were you know fucking starving and shit and the native americans were like here man have some food and they sat down together at a table and nope over that didn't seven, happen over 700 native americans were killed and then it only became an actual holiday after abraham lincoln made it a holiday but before that it was just celebration of a massacre basically well the first time particularly was obviously yeah the first the story time. They were like, we've done it. We've killed a bunch of people. Let's sit down and give thanks that we're alive. Wow, that's fucked up. Remember Adam's family, family values? Yes. And then when Wednesday's at camp and they're doing the the play, and then she starts, and then she goes off script and gives the whole speech about what Thanksgiving actually is, and then all all the family members there are horrified, and then starts like an uprising. Yes. That's she was right. <laughs> so wait, she told that story in Adam's Family Values. I mean, I don't remember it completely, but yeah, she she tells what actually happens instead of the very whitewashed, uh, false version, which they're trying to tell. Which like most kids are are told and taught, and there's so many like Thanksgiving plays in schools and stuff, and it's all it's all built around lies. Yeah, no kidding, apparently. To make it worse, just revolves around gathering around a table with a dead carcass on it. So it's kind of a fucked up holiday, and I kind of don't want to... I think we should just be thankful every day. I don't think we should choose such a terrible day with a horrible history and celebrate a holiday that revolves around slaughter of humans and animals. That's my opinion. (laughs) From our family to yours, warmest. (laughs) Holiday wishes. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> People are like, well, Thanksgiving was great. I got, you know, it's kind of painful because I couldn't be with my loved ones. But we all Zoomed and shit. And let's see what vegan abattoir is to say. You're right. It's, it's dark shit, man. But Just got to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, your generation takes a lot of cool shit from my generation. We bring light to the terrible things that you're generally doing. You shed light on some shit that we were like, well, we all liked Thanksgiving. They're like, not anymore. Thanksgiving is for assholes, man. Man, 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 man. Truth, truth. Uh, Look, I'm 50. And so you think I give a fuck about any institutions anymore? I mean, look at my work. I know you won't because others appreciate me and you can't. Oh, my work for years has uh, has spoken to me being able to easily embrace the concept that Thanksgiving is a crock of shit. Um, but yeah, I buy it. You're changing my mind around Thanksgiving, man. I um, I don't eat turkey anyway, and uh, you know, going into this holiday, I was just like, you know, your mom was like, man, we can't all be together, and I'm like. It's not like who cares? Like it's not just because Thanksgiving. And I was like, we're all going to be together on Christmas, and that kind of matters. But like Thanksgiving is arbitrary. I was like, you can get on plane with me right now, and we go stand outside her window and wave. She won't let us in because she's one of those assholes. But like we could do it. All right. So um, enough about, uh, enough about the joys of Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> um, you uh, on this show. We like to uh, slaughter misinformation and butcher the bullshit. Mm. And to do that, we talk to people who lie for a living. Harley interviewed 
an actress, a fellow actress or actor. You call yourself an actor or an actress? Actor. You co- yeah, you don't go for actress? Mm-mm. Why? Jesus, you're, you guys, you're so uptight. Your whole generation. What, what's the matter with actors? Believe me, I ain't married to it either. What's the matter with actors, though? Tell us. I just think it's stupid to have a separation. You're an actor. To also have binary gender rules. I just think it's stupid. Oh, and also, all right. So wait a second. So your generation is very like gender sensitive and there are more um, genders than my generation grew up with and stuff. Mm-hmm. Does actor cover everybody? Yeah. Actor is like a broad term for just anybody who is acting. But when you say actress, then there's a binary separation that doesn't allow for other genders to be included. So I think it's kind of stupid. I also just don't know why there needs to be a separation. Um, I'm with you. It never, well, you know what? It never even occurred to me because I was raised with actors and actresses and stuff like that. But I have heard lately, like more people be like, the term actresses stupid it doesn't exist it's a made-up word but i if look you're an act i i've always been an actor i've had no choice as much as i've wanted to be considered an actress nobody would consider me an actress but if actresses are actors i'm totally fucking okay with that i'm an actor um all right so you spoke to a fellow actor mm-hmm. um and this actor is also a vegan or this is an actor who came on to challenge you and your vegan point of view and is like singing an elegy about eating cows and turkeys and shit like that. Is this, are we finally going to get a vegan, non-vegan actor on actor battle? That would be hot, man. Like some, <laughs> out of a, some like two dueling wizards out of a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> hey, it is uh, not that, but it is someone out of a Harry Potter movie. It's Ivana Lynch, who plays Luna Lovegood in Harry You got Luna Lovegood on the podcast? I know. I feel so lucky. Um, she was wonderful in that movie. I know. Uh, she is a wonderful actor. Does she like to be called actor or actress? Probably actor. I'm not sure. New generation is all actor. actor. She's actor. an actor. Um, she was amazing in that flick, man. Brought that character to life. That character um, is she... so great. Yeah, really wonderful. I just rewatched the final two Harry Potter is like within the last month. Really? Yeah. For, for some odd reason, I like, I wanted to see the, I just, I remember like, you know, fucking, uh, what's his name? He who shall not be named Voldemort, like really fucking taken delight in the death of Harry Potter. Just a really fucked up scene like that. <clears throat> I remember talking to Scott about it on this podcast when it happened, but just, you know, you like, in the books, it's one thing. Like, there's this old man who's always trying to kill this boy, first as a baby and then as a boy and shit. But it was so weird to see it acted out. Like, and this is not a criticism. It's not me going, like, it didn't work. Like, it was just unsettling. More so than, like, this is a world of fantasy. It's like, this old man killed a boy and him and his friends are laughing about it. <laughs> like, this is nuts. What dystopian world is this? And it's kind of a crim thought. And then of course the boy comes back to life and shit. But um, yeah, that was my, se- I mean, come on. <laughs> if you haven't caught up with fucking Harry Potter by now. That's true. We Evans. don't apologize for that. <laughs> um, how did this come about? What connection do you have to the wizarding world of Harry Potter? How did you manage to pull Luna Lovegood onto the podcast? Ivana was in Jay's movie. Madness and the Method? Mm-hmm. So I was in a movie with Ivana? You were. We were both in the movie with her. 
I was Silent Bob was in a movie with Luna Lovegood. <laughs> yeah. Look at that shit, man. The crossover Fucking, we didn't know we needed. <laughs> I I mean, on some distant non-stony way, I think I remember or recall that. Um, but, but boy, you just brought it home in a way where I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. All right, so we, what, you reached out through Jay? No, we follow each other. And so I, I asked her if she would come on. Mm-hmm. We've also been at a lot of the same Mercy for Animal events and have crossed paths before. We have a bunch of mutual friends. Look at you, man. I, I, I just don't, I look, you're, you're doing the business all, all right, man. Like, look at you. You're like, I know people, motherfucker. I, I've been in this business like 26 years. I don't know anybody. I can't be like, oh man, I follow this, but like fucking this person or that. Like, I'm, you, you've, you're, look at you. You're, every generation should improve shit by 50% from the previous generation. And I'd say you're, you're accomplishing that. Even with something as simple as like, um, I'm, I, we don't call them actresses anymore, dad hole. We call them actors. Less than an hour ago, you called me an uncommitted professional. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but at least it was genderless. (laughs) True. Congrats. Thank you. I like to consider myself woke. Um, (laughs) Good. But without further ado, Harley uh, versus Von Lynch. Here we go. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm so, so, so excited to talk to you. I'm so honored that you're here. And I cannot wait to hear all about your vegan life (laughs) oh that's so nice thanks Harley it's so lovely to be here and I love what you're doing I really love watching you know your cartoons of the podcast oh they give me so much joy (laughs) (laughs) thank you those are so fun um, they're so great those are made by Cartoona Radio they're so awesome they uh yeah animate a bunch of podcasts I know because I also listen to Anna Faris's podcast and they always do hers and I love it and it was just like oh yeah they're doing a vegan podcast that's so cool like that's good good activism yay (laughs) (laughs) it's so fun I love them um okay but uh first things first would you mind walking me through your journey with veganism how how oh yeah started yeah great um well I feel like I've just like my whole life, it was just bound to happen. Um, I, I, I went vegetarian when I was about 11 um, and just grew up always around animals. I'm definitely one of those vegans who loved animals. Well, I mean, I was always around them and just felt like, and I never felt like, oh, you know, I want to be a farmer or take care of them. But it was just like, we had this partnership. Animals understood me the way people didn't. And obviously it works both ways. You know, you have uh, relationships with people that animals can't replicate. But I really just felt like they brought some so much to my life, like, and I was a quiet, introspective kid. And sometimes it was just such a relief to go outside and hang out with my cats. Or we had everything. We had like a rabbit, a guinea pig, a dog, um, and just to be with creatures who didn't expect anything from you, who just let you be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really valued them for that. And then, kind of as soon as I figured out that there were vegetarians and that. You didn't have to participate in eating animals and all, and that there were a whole community of people who objected to what was happening. I was like, great, I'm one of them. So I went vegetarian, probably 11, 12. Um, and then I didn't even, I didn't really know about veganism at that age. And I certainly in later years, I would hear about it and I'd maybe run it by my mom, but she'd be like, no, that's so extreme. They're just 
freaks, you know? <laughs> and I was like, fair enough. And I also, I just wasn't actually, I really didn't like, um, I didn't like salad. I didn't like vegetables that much. So I was like, oh, I actually, I don't think I'd survive as a vegan. So fine. But then um, I started doing more like animal rights-based activism. Um, I would get, I would get requested tweet or post about certain things and I'm like yeah definitely and then I just kept noticing that more and more people were like well why are you not vegan if you care about this so much and just the word vegan just kept coming up and I think it was really when I moved to LA um and it was just everywhere I went and moved to LA when I was like 19 lived there for about five years and yeah it was just everywhere and that was the first time really that I'd lived away from home and had to think about you know how to look after myself how to feed myself all that kind of stuff and, um, and then well, I think it just came up on Amazon one day. I saw the book Eating Animals and I was like, huh, I should really read that and learn more about that. It was just like a niggling somewhere in my soul that it's like, you're meant to learn more about this. And so I read that book and I, oh my God, it's a brutal book. Like I cried pretty much the whole way through it, but I really, I couldn't stand it. I was like, if I can't even read this, imagine what it's like to live it. Imagine the, you know, the fact that it was going on. It wasn't a book you could close and be like, well, that was horrible. Never want to read that again. Cause it's like, this is what's happening all the time, all over the world, every second right now. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Um, and I just, as much as I could not think about it and not participate in it, I was like, I have to just do that. So, um, that was when I decided to go vegan. Um, but it definitely took me a, a bit longer to actually make the transition because I just had a lot of weirdness around food. I had a complicated like relationship with food. And um, I think when I first went vegan, I was all just like, like I was, it was almost a punishment to myself. Like, how dare you eat this? And you don't, I would just keep conjuring up images of factory farms and horrible things happening to animals. And then it was like food again became a miserable affair for me. And it was like, okay, so I'm never going to enjoy food again. And that really wasn't sustainable. I just, you know, it was, as I say, miserable. And I got, I found it really triggering. Um, and so I quit veganism a few times. And then, but I it kept coming back to it. I kept being like, oh, this is, I just need to figure out how to do it. And I suppose I kept meeting vegans who were joyful and who made it look fun. And then I got in touch with um, a guy called Eric Marcus, who runs vegan.com probably the best <laughs> website for any vegan you could right. look for. Um, so, and he, he's such an amazing activist. And he really, he taught me about this method called the crowding out method. And he was like, don't think of it as how many things do you have to give up or all the things you're cutting out of your life. Think of it as what you can add in. So he recommended before cutting out any animal products, he said, add in new vegan products because it's a it's a new way of life it's it's a new almost a new culture it's not a culture of course but it's similar to that feeling and he just said you know just learn about a new vegan product every day just try several different plant milks several different vegan chocolates and eventually the animal products will fall out of your diet and that is exactly what happened um yeah i did it gradually i kind of find out what things I liked. I, I did a lot of substituting and just over time, I really didn't miss the animal products. And, and then it, and then it felt really abundant and really right. And it didn't feel like I was punishing myself. And that's always the way I advocate for other people to go vegan. I don't think it should be about a should. I think it should be, I want to be vegan, not I have to be vegan. So um, yeah, that is my story. <laughs> I so appreciate your honesty because 
Um, I think it's so important for people to know that it's not just an overnight thing for mm. most of us. I I didn't have an overnight experience a transition to veganism either. And there are other there are other components of it like you were saying um eating habits or your attitude or thoughts towards eating as well. Everything can be affected and it's different for everybody. So I yeah, think it's so personal. It's so personal and it's such a it, it's a it's such a lesson that you know we have to be as compassionate to animals as we are to humans. We need to be compassionate to humans as well. Mm. And, you know, respect that everybody might have outside factors or other things going on that will affect totally. their journey with veganism. And that's so important to keep in mind. So thank you for, for being so honest. and, and Yeah, of course. Story. And I think like we have to say, because there are some people who are like, oh, veganism is so easy. And I think we have to tell both stories. Like for some people, yeah, it is easy. And like they, they manage it. Maybe they are their relationship with food isn't as emotional or something or maybe they just really like vegetables and stuff like that (laughs) but but we also have to say because I think some people go into it they just hear all these people I feel amazing my health improved you know like I oh just everything I shone from within when I went vegan and it's like a lot of people that just won't happen for them they may not even have health benefits and so we just have to I think be sympathetic. And I would always say like, it does get easy. Like it's easy for me now. I don't really have to think about it. Maybe if I travel, I have to plan ahead a bit, but it definitely wasn't at first. I remember the first few weeks of going vegan. Um, when I did the second time, when I did it, the crowding out way, it was still like, Oh my God, will I ever stop thinking about this? Will there ever be a time in my life when I don't have to obsessively read labels and, um, just, yeah, where where it's just not something that's dominating my life. And yes, it does. It kind of just fades in. It, it becomes part of who you are. And um, I just think it's important to tell new vegans that, that it, it can be both ways. It can be really easy, but it also can be really hard. And either way, like it will get better. It will get easier. Exactly. And I love that method that you, that you heard about, that you were told about, that helped mm. you about not thinking of it as giving things up, but adding things beforehand, because I think that's a really great approach to it, because it is really daunting when you're just like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do it and I'm never going to eat any of these things ever again. Like it's oh, completely, yeah. it's scary. It's, it's, it's a weird thought. But if you think about it as not really giving things up, but just inviting new things into your life or, you Mm. know, just supplementing, you're not really giving anything up, just trying a different version of it, then Mm. it'll be a lot easier of a transition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's such a weird ultimatum, isn't it? When you're like, never again. I mean, anything, (laughs) if you were to say, like when a relationship ends, I'm never going to see you again. It's just like, you don't need to put yourself through that heartbreak. And it's the same with veganism. I was like, that was like, I'm never going to eat Maltesers again. And it's just, (laughs) you have attachments to certain things, but don't think about, I think that's a non-vegan way of looking at it, of being like, uh, you know, people who say, oh, so what, so what, you're vegan. What does that mean? What, what do you not eat? And I really always try and correct people and be, be like, no, no, what, 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 what do I eat? Uh, Cause there's right. so much I do eat. And, um, it's just a, a much more positive way of looking at it that way. I yeah. love that. That's so great. And I completely agree. And I hope people adapt the same, the yeah. same habits. I think that's so helpful. Okay. So, 
I want to talk. There are many things I want to talk about. But so I I have had Daniela Monet on yes. in the past on Vegan Abattoir, and she has told me about Kinder Beauty. But I would love to hear it from your voice and your perspective and how Kinder Beauty came to be, what it is, what mm. where the idea came from. Tell me all about it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm intimidated that Daniela <laughs> led this because she is so good at the pitch. Um, she's <laughs> definitely like the businesswoman amidst us. And um, I learned so much from her, the way she does things. She's an incredible entrepreneur. Um, but okay, I'll give you my version. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, so I knew Andrew Bernstein, who's our other co-founder. He worked at PETA and we met on a campaign we worked on. Um, and And then he just had this brainwave basically that he wanted to do a subscription box um company and and I really wanted to do I wanted to get into vegan business because I was just because of like having a large following on Instagram I was I was constantly getting things from my reps like can you boss with this can you share this and they'll give you a you know crazy amount of money and I was just like no 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 and just kind of accepted this is um this is the sacrifice I make. And it's not really a sacrifice. I mean, that's, yeah, sacrifice is a strong word because it's like, I just don't believe in this. But I I think I was always searching for, yeah, is there a way that I can get into business and support things I really believe in and put them front and center and that they be vegan? Um, and until Kind of Beauty, that opportunity hadn't really come along. But I mean, I'm a big believer in manifestation you know visualize it and that thing that kind of thing will happen um and it really just like yeah that perfect opportunity came along with Andrew had this idea he had a lot of experience in marketing um and he understood the subscription box model um but it was so important to me that it was like okay it's a business but it has to be founded on the ethics it has to be about more than just um you know profit and pleasing the consumer it has to be about the building a world that we really want to see more of um and so Andrew brought me and Daniela together and I really loved what she did I love that yeah she is definitely like oh such a glamorous lady and <laughs> such an amazing person um and just has this lives this beautiful life but it's all very deep-rooted um in compassion and her vegan values and I really loved how she she showcased the vegan um lifestyle and I I'm very much like that too even though I'm I am sort of haunted by what's happening to animals and I there's barely a day where I don't think about it I don't want to be showing that to people I want to show I want to show people um a positive way of doing it because Mm -hmm. I think most people you know they they get led by um so so we call it on the chick peeps on my podcast we call it attractivism where it's like rather than using kind of shame and that should mentality it's about really um presenting it in a very attractive light and making you just want to be more of that way. It's almost like showing you a better version of yourself or something. Um, so I love that she really did that. And that's, um, I'm telling this story in a really long way. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I, once I met them and we talked about it, it was like, oh, th- this is so aligned with what I want to do. It has to be about... Um, promoting animal rights and animal liberation, but not just making people outraged, not just saying this is terrible and we live in a terrible world that does this to animals. 
it's kind of acknowledging, yes, this is what is happening, but we have the power to change it. You know, we've created this world. We have the power to, um, yeah, change it into something that we like and, and admire and want to see. So, um, yeah, that, that's how it started. And, and I think Danielle and I both, as I say, being vegan activists, we both were constantly encountering people who agreed with the principles, um, especially with in, in, in the beauty market, for example, like, okay, there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, I don't want to give up animal products in their food, but I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like, oh yeah, I'm so here for animal testing. You know, they're just, it's always about, um, they would like to be more cruelty free, but it's just difficult. And it's like, you have to read so many labels and there are so many conflicting, um, views on it, on whether you shop at places that use, um, non-vegan parent companies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so kind of beauty is kind of the solution to that, to be like, we're going to do all the research. We're going to, um, find lots of new, exciting, cruelty-free vegan brands. And we're going to put them in a box and send them to you once a month. Um, so yeah, it's very much attractivism in action, I would say. And, uh, I love it. And I'm also, I know it's a lot of people see beauty as something frivolous, but I really don't. I see it as self-expression and mm. kind of, you know, celebrating yourself. Um, I, I got into makeup sort of in my late teens because I'd always felt guilty about, um, you know, wanting to look nice. It was a very Catholic mentality I had growing up. Um, <laughs> and I really just felt, oh no, this is for, this is for silly girls. This is for girls who don't read books and stuff like that, which was a very snobbish mm. attitude. And then when I finally kind of braved a makeup store and got into it, I was, I just, it helped me kind of tap into, yeah, the person I wanted to be more. And that's how I, I use beauty. It's about transformation and, um, yes, yeah, self-expression. Um, and at the same time, you can see in the beauty industry, there's a big problem with animal testing happening. And that to me is like the absolute antithesis of beauty that you would lock up a sweet, innocent, little vulnerable little animal and just torture them you know that 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 is the face of beauty of the mainstream beauty industry and they hide it all with clever marketing so yeah I think when that opportunity came along with Andrew and Daniela being the exact right people I was like definitely I'm so in and it's been such a blessing I love doing it I love listening to you talk like I you're like I've been talking for a long time and I'm like no please keep talking you're so I I just I love your approach and, and opinions on everything and I, I so agree with and I think it's just so well put I I never really heard that been put in such a way as it's the antithesis of beauty animal mm -hmm. testing and that's so that's so heartfelt and and so true it really yeah. like this insanely dark cryptic evil side yeah. of beauty that like uh, you won't most people will never ever see because you're meant to not realize that it exists or is happening mm. but we see like these beautiful posters with beautiful people on them wearing these beautiful products and meanwhile there are animals locked up and suffering and having terrible things done to them and it really is the opposite of of what they're selling and it's so upsetting for so many reasons but mostly upsetting because 
since we're advertised to see those very different images that are are meant to kind of blindside us or mm-hmm. just to think a certain way about the product that also like allows for such a big disconnect for people not even being able to realize or understand yeah. what animal testing is or how often it's happening. I know. And brands make it so hard for mainstream, I mean, just the, the average consumer to understand. I was talking about that recently with a friend. She's a vegan makeup artist. And she was like, they, you ask a consumer, maybe who's not vegan, but who's like, I don't want to endorsed animal testing they'll ask do you test on animals and the brand will give a really long statement oh we're donating to this oh we're doing this we're doing this and then there's these four words unless uh oh what is the i forget the four words what is it like something like (laughs) unless obliged by law unless required by law i think it is um and that like that undermines everything because 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 china china's this huge multi-billion dollar market this territory um where they require brands to test all their products on animals and it's weird and it's just messed up and it needs to change but it prohibits most of the um yeah most brands in the beauty market prohibits them from being cruelty free and yet they will try and tell you no no we're trying but it's just like no unless you actually fully stand up to this and don't participate in it you don't really care about animals you really care about profit so um, that's why I just have so much admiration for brands who who don't cave to that pressure. Because yeah, they are turning down a multi billion dollar market, um, but it shows that they are not here for the barbarity of animal testing. And it happens so much. It does happen. People think it doesn't, but I mean, I I just read a recently a, a book um, called Free the Animals by Ingrid Newkirk, mm-hmm. and it's all about animal testing, um, breaking animals out of of laboratories. Um, and it really, really horrified me. I thought factory farming was the worst evil on the planet. But when you read this book, it makes you be like, oh, you know, factory farming is not nearly as bad. I'm sure those those animals in those cages who are all isolated from each other, who are suffering from terrible burns and sicknesses and who don't get any daylight, you know, them eating on a farm all day that would be a, a picnic. So right. I, I just don't think we can, I don't, I don't think it's, we can talk about this enough. I think it's, um, I think people think of it as like, oh, it's this archaic practice, but like cats are tested on thousands mm. and thousands of cats in the U S and, and we love them and we care for them and they're, they're treasured in society. They have a relatively good role in, in society, but, but not in thousands of labs across America, you know? So I think just, I know people it's it's covered up so much by the beauty industry like the marketing is insane and it's luxurious and glamorous and it makes you think you can't have these things without animal testing but but you can and and it and it is very much still happening and I think the consumer really we need to take that power or individual power and just not not buy those things not support those companies Absolutely I completely agree it it is so weird because it I do feel like whenever I've posted about animal testing as a topic um, on my Instagram or I've spoken about it, I find that the response is always like very, mm. everybody agrees. Like nobody yeah. is usually saying like, like you mentioned earlier, nobody's really like, I want my products to be tested on animals. Yeah. I think vegans and non-vegans or anybody in between can agree that that's just 
a terrible practice. Oh, what was the book? Oh yeah, I read this interesting book recently called Even Vegans Die. It's all about how we have to like <laughs> make wills and, and make our burial plans so that it doesn't it doesn't we don't contribute to um cruel things. <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting book. Um, but she they talked about how like grieving grief is a political act and like um you know grieving over someone or something it means that they were loved and that they mattered and it's just it breaks my heart that there are just so many animals who are not loved especially in those testing facilities that they're just in cages nobody gives a damn about them there's nobody in the world that thinks about that individual yes like collectively kind of the vegans I think we hold them in in our hearts and in our activism and what we do but it's just so sad that there's any souls out there that are um unloved and like that's their whole life and they're just being used for a thing and then they're just disposed of when they're quote unquote used up you know that that's just not what life was intended for no absolutely yeah. on a on a a happier, more positive note there, uh, there. I was just thinking about it because I, my boyfriend and I have been like, I, we want a dog. We already have two cats and a rabbit, but uh, oh. now we're like, maybe we should get uh, another family member. But we, I keep saying like, if we adopt a dog, I really want to get one from the Beagle Freedom Project, which is um, they rescue beagles because beagles are weirdly... Uh, very commonly tested on as well um so it's this really amazing organization that goes in and saves these beagles from from lab testing uh from cosmetic testing um so it's kind of it's this really beautiful thing that these poor animals that have experienced all this cruelty all their lives get to have a second chance at at a life and having a family and i think it's it's so sweet and beautiful you would i think you would find that book free the animals really interesting it's really heavy and upsetting but um it makes you care so much and it's all about the um the alf you know those those badass activists who break into labs and yeah that's amazing though that that is a true hero like i i love that so much and i'll definitely read that book thank you for telling me yeah no um they um yeah i mean well we can go on i i could talk about animal testing for days upon days it's uh, it's the issue that i could literally go on forever about um but i do want to ask i have so many other questions so i i need to ask um (laughs) where so you have the podcast the chick peep so how did that come to be when did that start and that started, we started in 2017. So we're on our third season now. We've took breaks because, as you'll know, podcast is a lot of work. Um, really but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we started 2017. It was just something I was like, um, I wanted to find out my way to do activism. And it just on Instagram, mostly, I was always getting people because I was sharing like vegan meals or books I was reading. And I was always getting people same question people been like how do I go vegan how do I tell my parents what do I eat and I was like oh my god I cannot answer this in a comment or a post let's do a podcast let's do a series um and uh, by the way though even when you do a podcast and a series they'll never stop asking <laughs> they'll still right. be like feed it to me you know just 
hold my hand through it. And I, but I do now when people ask me, I'm like, just go and listen to the podcast. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, they'll, they'll always be asking that. But I think also the other reason for um, why I wanted to do the chick peeps was I just felt that like, you'll know it's people have this perception of be- vegans as being so serious and that we're all just like angry about animals all the time, which yes, sure we are, but we also have like just normal lives and I right. I want to break down this idea that every vegan has to be an activist. You don't have to abandon your identity and be the vegan whatever, you know? And then a lot of people do that. And I think I was like, oh, I still want to be me. I, I still want to, like, in a way, I don't want to be doing vegan activism. I just wish animals were free and right. living their lives. And we didn't have to have all these debates about it. I would rather be reading a fantasy book, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to show with the podcast that you can just be a normal person and happen to be vegan. And I just was noticing among my friends, like all my vegan friends, like you just have a shorthand. You don't, we don't spend our time all the time talking about animal suffering and, um, and activism. We have fun a lot of the time and we support each other and just having vegan friends makes such a difference to your, to your life as a vegan. Cause, um, you just feel yeah, understood mm. and accepted. And it, it just helps you keep going with it. Um, and that's, you know, fortunately, that's been the feedback we get from the podcast. So many people who say the exact same thing I felt that I feel I felt isolated and I felt nobody understood and nobody was angry or as angry as upset about this as I was. And then you find the podcast and it's like, oh, there's a community. So that's why we did it. And yeah, I really love it. I learned so much from it every week, every season. Oh, I love that. And I, I I think that's so, that's so true. Not every vegan has to be an activist. It's kind of like, I think people expect that from, from vegans because there's also kind of like a, I mean, sometimes there's a negative connotation, not sometimes, a lot of the times there's a negative connotation with veganism Mm -hmm. to like the outside world of, you know, we're these aggressive, like, angry which we are angry but like we're not angry all the time we also have like we we have friends and we do normal things have a sense well. of humor yeah, yeah. Right? we can laugh about things veganism is absolutely a part of my identity and a part of who i am completely now but that's also just not everybody you could just yeah you could literally just be like yeah i'm a vegan and so i eat I don't eat animal products, but exactly how it impacts my life. And that's it. Yeah. You don't have to buy the t-shirts. You can just, (laughs) and I almost think those people are, are equally strong and positive activists because they're just, they're showing, you know, like you and me. Yeah. We both have vegan podcasts and I want to be like, you don't have to do this. I just, I just feel like I have to do it because of having a platform and because I, I enjoy it. But one of my favorite actions actually is a friend of mine who also has a podcast, but not a vegan podcast. He's um he's a comedian. His name's Jake Gap, and he has this podcast podcast called Not Today. Thank you. If you're into British humor, you will like it. It's really he's just great. He does all these weird jingles, and he makes politics interesting for me. And every Amazing. now and then, he will drop in a fact about veganism. Like he was just talking about um how apparently the EU have banned use of the words. I think they banned use of the word milk and cheese on vegan products. And he did a little segment making fun of them, but it's, it's only every now and then I, I call it stealth activism. Cause it's like, people are going along, la da da. They think it's something else. And it's like, Oh, this guy that I 
like and admire and find funny and normal, oh, is also vegan. Right. Um, I think that's really powerful when people do it that way. You kind of honestly have made me um, more compassionate towards my dad because oh. I think now like hearing you say this, because I do, I do have those thoughts as well, but I think I guess mm-hmm. since my dad is my father like I I have (laughs) higher standards for him than most so like if he's not he doesn't like I think it what you said stealth activism is is would apply to him as well because he's not like going and talking like not posting things solely dedicated to veganism and Mm. in the past I've been like why like I've been so angry <laughs> about it. like you have to speak up too but at the same time now hearing you express your thoughts and I it's weird because I completely agree with them I think I just mm. do hold my father's different standards um but like I I appreciate his way of going about it too because he just kind of does like drop it in from time to time mm-hmm. and he'll be like he lost all he lost a bunch of weight when he went vegan and so he'll he'll mention it then he also he had a heart attack and that's actually why he well that's why I made him go vegan so like <laughs> whenever he talks about that he he'll drop it in there and and uh mm. he always he's so annoying he always says this line that like I hate where he's like I used to be happy but now I'm vegan and I'm just like <laughs> so, I like hate it so much but um he he always subtly mentions it all the time so I guess that's like that's a that is an effective method too. I, I that's so I think by the way, I think it's so funny that you're like, I wish my dad would talk more about veganism. Meanwhile, he's he's running a vegan podcast with you. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, you're not doing enough. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I just I don't know. <laughs> I But I also I relate to what he said about I I used to be happy and now I'm vegan. Like, yeah, you can be happy and vegan, but Oh, you miss the ignorance a little bit. You miss when it was just right. like when you weren't bothered by these things. So I'm at, I'm in a phase at the moment. I think it's because it's so it's lockdown 2.0 over here in London where I am, oh, and um, I'm I, I'm really craving just like friendly, comforting TV. So I'm rewatching <laughs> Gilmore Girls, and they're oh. constantly making like casual allusions to like animal violence, or or they mock vegetarians sometimes because one of the characters, Lane, her family are like I think they're vegan, and they just just casual jibes or just things about um oh you know what was the one today I was watching it's constantly sticking out on that show to be honest so I think I miss being like la da 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 what a nice life and um, right. ah, you know just <laughs> <laughs> the Gilmore girls ignorance and and whatever the oblivion that they seem to have on that show it, it was nice but exactly that's so <laughs> funny no I mean it is true I I there are definitely moments where I'm like, I I mean I I'll never I'll I'll be vegan for the rest of my life for sure. I'll never ever eat an yeah. animal product. Um, but like there are moments where I'm like, oh fuck, like I wish I didn't know this. Or like whenever I like see, uh, I every time literally any time I see a truck on the freeway, like I automatically am just like, oh my god, please don't be 
a livestock oh. truck. Like I always am like, oh my God, oh my God. And I get to, I get like really panicky because I'm like, oh my God, I cannot drive near this truck. And most oh. of the time, like I, I truly only think I, I live in Los Angeles. So I, it's not like there are many livestock trucks like passing by like through, through yeah. my neighborhood or anything. But like, um, I always just get really in, in my head and anxious about it whenever I see a big truck and it's just kind of like in those moments I'm like oh my god I wish I wish I did not know this because like I don't want to be freaking out about every truck I see but at the same time I'm like oh my god I, I know I I know where they're going and and things mm-hmm. like that so I get like I get I freak out about it when I see I know it's horrible it really is unbearable I, it, again it reminds me of that book even vegans die like it she, she asked the question like are vegans always mourning? Are we always in a state of like, there's this deep depression beneath everything else? I certainly feel like I become, I became quite disillusioned when I went, when I, you know, as soon as I kind of accepted that this is just the world, it's always going on this thing that is unbearable and that makes you want to quit life basically. Um, So I think a big part of going vegan and being a sustainable activist is like learning how to deal with that and someone who speaks really well on that um you probably know her is melanie joy dr melanie joy who talks about her work is incredible she talks about um secondary secondary traumatic stress disorder on the one hand we feel really obliged to see them to to take in the victims um, and I have so much respect for those activists who do the vigils and who do take in that suffering. Right. But I think we all have to decide, like, how do I be sustainable as an activist? Am I, you know, I, I, maybe I am going to be one of those people who does the vigils and constantly takes that in. But for me, I need to, I know I'm in the public eye. I need to have present um, a certain, I don't know, just a, uh, yeah, have a certain what's my well just way of representing veganism and I can't be crying and angry and and breaking down every day I just don't think that would make me the most effective activist but yeah I think I've had to make that decision and her work really um it almost relieved the guilt I think I felt I should be earthling ed (laughs) or Joey (laughs) Carbstrong I felt like oh they're doing it all day every day I should be doing this but her talking about you know, looking after yourself and making sure you're in this for the long run is, is much better. Um, so uh, yeah, but it's, it's hard because yeah, like you say, if you were to really mull on those trucks and, and, and the fact that if you were to not leave them behind, if you were to kind of say, to go with that truck mentally and stay there and be like, that's always happening every day, all day, uh, you just wouldn't want to live. And, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's worth putting yourself through that um I, I think we have purpose here and and we can we can undo a lot of the bad that's happening by by being activists agreed I had earthling ed on on vegan abattoir as well and the whole time I was just like oh my god like you are an incredible human I I mean, I wish I could also be Earthling Ed, but yeah, like that's a lot. <laughs> that's he's, a, he's just our vegan Jesus, isn't he? <laughs> he really, really Something is, like though. <laughs> just as in, like, wow, you are you are so much putting your whole life into this, and it's such an incredible 
oh, just his, his body of work is so amazing. And he gets criticized on all sides by, by vegans and, right. and non-vegans and everyone. And he's just so, he keeps it, he keeps his cool. He remembers his student for the animals and oh, I, yeah, endless admiration for Earthling Ed. He's great. We love Earthling Ed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I, I'd love to get into your acting. Um, yeah, we were in a movie together. Uh, yeah, we we were in a movie. <laughs> I know how like random. We haven't even mentioned we were, that did happen. <laughs> That's so funny. We yes, so funny. We were in in Jay's movie together. It was so I that was such a like funny experience. Like because we I didn't even know that that was happening. No, and we were like. Oh, I think you were also in this movie, right? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. It's a f- f- interesting movie. Like, well, I think I did like a day on a green screen. So I literally didn't meet any other cast. I was just playing some Hollywood reporter girl. But the director, I remember him telling me about you and being like, oh, you guys will get on so well. That just, that happened quite a bunch. I heard a lot of people talk about you. Megan Comey as well. So I knew we were meant to meet and be friends, and yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I I love it. We're we're friends, soulmates. Yeah, <laughs> it's so I know that was so funny. I was so excited when I found out you were in Madness and the Method because when I found out you were also in the vegan community, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, this is she's such an amazing voice for animals. And I remember actually like seeing you and possibly like being at the same table i don't know at like mercy for animals events and being like oh she's yes. the coolest and i was always like but i i'm um i i don't want i'm too nervous to talk to her oh no shoot <laughs> oh i'm probably the same i i feel that way i had that last time the mercy for animals kat von d was at my table and i was like oh she's so cool oh. um yeah, but I didn't go and approach her. No, <laughs> she's out. the coolest too. I know there are so many. Ve- there are just so many vegans who I admire in our community, and I feel so grateful for for everybody that we have. And like, I always, I I've always am just like in awe of everybody and what they do for animals. That like, whenever mm-hmm. I see somebody in real life, I'm always like. Oh my God! It's a, it's like a, a hero, a savior. Yeah. Although, don't you find we're having a vegan podcast? It's the best way to get to know them. Like yes. I do so much <laughs> podcast networking and these things, or just like the amount of people. I'm like, oh, I wanna, I just wanna have you on the podcast because you do have so many questions, especially when you meet those like long-term vegans, like people who've been vegan for thirty years. I'm like, give me your wisdom. I know it's it's so great. It's like honestly just a really great way to like make friends as a podcast. Definitely. Yeah, I would honestly very rec- if you're just looking to like connect with more people. Podcasts are the are the way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So, I I would love to ask because it's it's just something I experience a lot. Um. So, with with acting, how do you feel about and in your real life, how do you feel about wearing animal products or or for for wardrobe or for, mm. you know, for hair and makeup? Do you do you um, try to get cruelty free products? Because it's kind of a complicated thing. Um, I find acting and veganism, it's harder, much harder than my everyday life where I can make these decisions for myself. Um mm. 
but in acting it's kind of not always up to you it's it's up to to somebody else so how do you how do you deal with that or what are what do you experience with that um yeah well I definitely had to like learn to just had to find my confidence with that I think for a few years it is tricky as an actress um because you're really grateful to have work and you don't want to put people off working with you by being difficult um but I I wouldn't I wouldn't wear animal products and I the main thing for me like you have to just prepare people and I have found that if you ask nicely and politely and if you say I'd be really happy to help you source the products people are really happy to help they they that's a that's kind of a, a beautiful thing about human nature is if you if you include them and make them feel like you're, they're doing you a good favor, a big favor, or ask them for a favor, they, they generally want to help. And, um, especially in like costume hair and makeup, they're artistic people, they're sensitive people. They often, you know, maybe they don't know everything. Maybe they don't understand, but they will be very receptive. So, um, yeah, part of my activism is like, I've had to learn to be a bit brave and just ask for these things. Um, and I found the industry has been great. I just did a, a two episodes thing, a TV show over here in, in the UK. And same thing, I called ahead and said, hey, um, can we do vegan makeup? I can help. I know loads of brands. But the the, the makeup artist was like, oh, I got you. Don't worry. She, I think it's a, a quite common ask nowadays. Right. And, you know, that teaches me like we should just keep asking because the more actors and actresses ask the more people who have like because we do have a bit more influence than you know crew members um so the more we ask the more these options will become available they'll know that they have to accommodate for these things so i think as long as you ask politely and and offer to help um and just give them advance warning i find it to be um they're they're really receptive and yeah and just to also you know to not feel like you have to apologize for it either because there is a difference between being polite and being apologetic like don't apologize this is a big part of you and they're lucky to get to have you to get to work with you and your veganism is part of you so um that there's no need to apologize but yeah just um and I, I I have found like the more I ask the more I um prepare in advance for these things the braver I get about doing it I did that a few years ago I, I did dance with the stars which was fun <laughs> and so interesting awesome. um and I asked them and I was like oh this is going to be hard because it's like dance shoes and it's mm. ballroom and it's all feathers and stuff and they were so nice they were so great they got me vegan dance shoes Aww. um they got there was like a country night and they got me vegan cowboy boots and uh-huh. it's just like it can be done so just again really think abundantly and and be nice and meet people where they're at and yeah just try and help it it, it, it definitely can be done right. but you know that um that comedian preacher Lawson he, yeah. he had him on the podcast and he talked about how in his recent show connecting I think it's called um he he made his character vegan so Aww. you know there's I think we can we 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 but it's also part of just the actor mentality of not feeling like you have to beg for things or, or just um, right. accommodate them. Like, you know, stand in your power. They are lucky to work with you. And th- this is all of you. So, so yeah, that's you bring that too. I don't, and I don't think you should feel ashamed of that. 
Thank you. I, I completely yeah. agree. And I, I think it's a it's a really good point, too, because it, it can be I mean, it, I, I always do kind of feel like that weird. I have to uh, almost apologize for asking for cruelty free products or, or, or cruelty free wardrobe. And it, it is it can be kind of uncomfortable sometimes. But if you think yeah. about it, like almost just more making future vegan entertainers and actors mm. making it easier for them by by asking now and yeah. ensuring that like it's it, it's more comfortable and it, it's more of a normal a normal ask in the future I think that's exactly. a good way to think about it like you're you're doing this for other for other vegans to come down the same path as you yeah. <laughs> and you just and you're in LA isn't it almost expected that we're I vegans know. Oh, right? I, it, <laughs> it, should be. <laughs> it should be right now I'm in right now I'm in uh Texas oh so right it's it's an, it has not been as easy here Fair enough. <laughs> but I I have had uh, I have had a really good experience um on the project I'm working on now with people being very understanding and it's actually um I'm thrilled to say the best vegan food I've I I've had on, on set I've had some pretty gnarly experiences in the past with uh trying to with uh craft services or catering trying to uh make vegan meals when they don't know what veganism is yeah <laughs> um, oh well I was gonna ask what about with, with a character when your character because I've had that a few times just like oh, the characters this one is definitely not vegetarian I actually mostly play, play characters who it's like yeah she get away with it <laughs> just play these quirky people but but what what would you do if your character eats meat I honestly not that's a that's a good question <laughs> and I want to hear your answer too I um I don't I I haven't come across that yet in a part like if I if I really loved the part and really connected uh to the character then I'd probably you know talk to them and ask if there was if there was a way to kind of get around it or if it was like very um serious to the character for some reason then maybe I would I well I then for sure would ask for some sort of vegan version not a version of it (laughs) but at the same time I I don't even know if I would be able to like feel comfortable even mimicking like yeah I feel like I would be I actually at the beginning of um the show that I'm that I'm working on now they uh they did ask um kind of that same question like would you feel comfortable now thankfully my character is a vegetarian now um oh, so good. I'm very happy but at the beginning they did just kind of ask uh generally everybody like what what are your thoughts about you know having to eat what what have you had to eat meat in a scene or or whatever like what would you feel comfortable with would you want it to be faked for something else and I did respond saying like I actually I I think I would feel very uncomfortable even mm-hmm. pretend even even if it was a beyond burger yeah I think I I mean not if it like wasn't if it was like not referenced like if you're just eating some in a scene or at a restaurant and everybody's eating then like no I, w- I would totally 
eat a Beyond Burger and like nobody has to know what's a Beyond Burger, but mm. I, it's there. But like, I just keep like having an image of in my head of like a really meat eating character of like somebody going really into eating some ribs or something or a steak. And I just like, oh, or like a uh, Game of Thrones Khaleesi where she eats the heart. Right. Yes, exactly. I, I'm like, I don't I I don't know if I could. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't crossed. I haven't come into contact with that scenario yet. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not sure. But I don't know if I would be able to do it. What do you think? Oh, yeah, it's tricky. Um, I, I don't, I would never eat meat just for a character. I wouldn't. Right. I see it as, it's just not food. I really think it should be illegal to eat animal flesh. So okay. I don't think it's like a question of, committing to character it's just like that just shouldn't be eaten and that's messed up so um no but I have there was a film I did a few years back and the director was insistent that the character had to eat these egg salad sandwiches that like the granny creates these sandwiches and they're so gross but they she's just it's just what she made and you know they, they were they managed to make them out of tofu um which was great um and they looked fine and, and I was fine with that like you know, part of me was like, oh, this isn't promoting veganism. You know, there'll be people right. who see this and who think this is egg or who maybe they see this and go, oh, fancy an egg salad sandwich. I don't know who those people are. Egg salad sandwiches are disgusting. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, I'm not going to deny the culture that people do eat animal products or eventually the history. I eventually I hope people won't eat them at all, but I think we can still talk about and, and represent people who did. So um, I think I would almost find it funny if I got a part of somebody who was like a big meat eater, as long as I wasn't actually eating meat or any animal products, I think it would be really funny to play this character and then for people to look me up and it's like vegan, 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 just everywhere. Any post I do is just like covered in vegan hashtags. So I think that would be fun and I would I would laugh at that. Yeah, that's pretty genius, actually. I kind of think that that should happen now. Like That would yeah. be so funny. <laughs> I, I love that idea. But it would be also horrible to think like, oh, if I was eating a Beyond Burger, someone then wants something but i have that in restaurants too if i go to a restaurant that's not vegan but that has a vegan option if i ordered a vegan burger i just feel like i want to say everyone this is beyond you know i don't <laughs> like people looking over and thinking it make like thinking i'm eating a cow no no yeah, yeah. it's tricky isn't it that because like you're not vegan to show off but you also want people to know i am never eating a dead piece of animal that's so true. That's yeah. so it's so but that's so funny. But <laughs> I feel the same exact way. I I feel that way whenever um if I if I ever post something on Instagram like where if you can see food in it or whatever. Yeah. I always want to be like this is vegan, but I'm also <laughs> like if you follow me I feel like you would know. Yes. <laughs> But at the same time, I don't want anyone to ever think otherwise. So I'm like, I promise this is vegan. I can show you the package. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, I'm making too much of a big point of it. And it should just be called food. It shouldn't be called vegan food. But exactly. yeah, absolutely. That, that, but, and you know, anytime you do a post where you're like, 
if you, if I'm like, right, I'm going to just, just be myself and just eat uh, whatever it is and, and not make a point of it being vegan on the post, there's always somebody who goes, oh, I thought you were a vegan, you know? So right. <laughs> you kind of can't win. You kind of have to say it. Exactly. Yeah. That's so true. We were, um, my my boyfriend and I were FaceTiming our friends the other night and um, they're vegan as well. And uh, one of them is a really amazing chef. His name is Chris. And he he was talking about what he was making and he was like, vegan pasta and vegan blah 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 and my boyfriend was like why are you saying it's vegan like we I know it's we we know it's vegan (laughs) and he's like I don't know I I just feel like I need to to make sure everybody knows like (laughs) there are no mistakes to be made this is vegan it's such a weird like complex I guess that we have I don't know (laughs) I think we're just not there yet with veganism to 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 drop the vegan thing you know we still have to clarify but eventually. That's so true. I completely <laughs> agree. Um, if you don't mind, uh, I would love to ask you a question about Luna Lovegood, if that is okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, I don't want to ask a bunch. Don't want to be annoying, but just have one. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, this is, I talk about it all the time. So <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, so I'm just wondering. So Luna obviously seems to have special interest in animals and and magical Mm. creatures and a connection with them. Would it be safe to say or assume she's (laughs) vegan? Um, Yeah, I've had this question. We have a few episodes on Chick Peeps about which characters would be vegan. It's a really nerdy episode. Um, I I definitely see her as vegetarian. I always saw her that way um, because I think she I think she just has a kinship with animals. She has that spiritual connection with them, um, and just I also think karmically because she I, I see her as a very spiritual character. I think she wouldn't be okay with eating someone who has suffered, you know, and that being in her body. Um, and she's somebody I think. I, a lot of people I know who are vegan um, have a lot of suffering in their past. And she does like a lot of pain, grief. Um, her mother died when she was nine years old. And I do think the, the experience of grief often kind of cracks people open and makes them more compassionate, makes them feel the pain of others a lot more intensely. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I think she would be. I kind of go with, I think she would be veggie. I think the wizarding right. world is not, very vegan friendly at all oh my god i always used to cringe through the descriptions of the potion lessons all the you know eels eyes and rats livers and stuff so um i think it would have been very difficult to be vegan at hogwarts in her time which was in the 90s um so i i definitely think vegetarian um i think maybe over time she would have gone vegan but she's also like she she's somebody who goes with the flow a bit and I don't mean she would go with the flow of animal products, but I just mean she's not somebody who, she's not an intense character. She's not somebody who's really fierce or fiery the way Gryffindors are. Um, and I think a lot of the time for veganism, I think you do have to be really committed and have a lot of conviction and and, and um, maybe have a bit of a rebellious spirit. So that's why I sort of settle on Luna vegetarian, but she could definitely be the kind of person who would join like um, a vegan cult 
and <laughs> live and just wear white robes and things like that for for a while. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's so great. I'm, 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 I have a huge smile on my face listening to that right now. That's yeah. amazing. But we talk about that on the pod all the time because it's like, I, I think Hermione maybe would be one of the most likely ones to be vegan because remember Spew. Mm. Right. Oh, the elf. Like she was campaigning for the oh. the welfare of those elves who didn't even care that they were being enslaved. They were happy to be enslaved, but she was like, "Guys, wake up!" She had like a she saw the bigger picture and she wasn't com- content with it. So I oh. definitely, yeah, I, I would imagine her being vegan. Oh, that's so that's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. That's I. That's. I literally just I can't stop smiling now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. that was, oh, of uh, course. I love those conversations. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and having this conversation with me. I've had so much fun. Me too. Thank you. I hope we get to hang out more when the world's open up. Man, you guys didn't fucking duel at all. There was no fucking wands in the air. The wand didn't choose the wizard. There was nothing magical about that shit. There was just a couple vegans talking vegan shop. Hey, that's pretty magical. No? Yeah, <laughs> that's so cringy. Um, you guys are adorable. What a, what a house of Hogwarts do you think that you're in? Um, I mean, we all like to think we're Gryffindors, but I'm probably a Hufflepuff guy. Hufflepuff seemed like the stoner house to me. <laughs> it was just there in the name. Um, I mean, you know, God forbid I find out I'm a Slytherin and shit, but I, 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 you know, I think Hufflepuff. I agree. I, I would also belong to Hufflepuff. They didn't really do anything in the books, though, did they? Anybody come from Hufflepuff make a difference? I think they're just kind of there. Wait, maybe is Luna Lovegood from Hufflepuff? <laughs> I don't know, but you may have just insulted her as a Hufflepuff. She's like, I'm not coming on the show. I can't do the accent. (laughs) How do you not lapse into an accent when you're talking to somebody with an accent? She has to. Oh, no, 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 no. I take it back. She's in Ravenclaw. She's in Ravenclaw? Mm -hmm. Well, number one, I even forgot that was a fucking house. (laughs) So with a gun to my head, if somebody was just like, you better name the fucking houses to Harry Potter, I'd been like, um, Hufflepuff. Gryffindor, Slytherin, and then I'd fucking die. And people would be like, "What do? What was he killed over?" And like, he forgot Ravenclaw. How could you? Um, nobody. I mean, so she came from Ravenclaw. Yes. What was that house known for? I don't know. That house was. I I always liked Hufflepuff because it sounded cute. So I don't. I I didn't really pay attention to Ravenclaw. I feel like Hufflepuff is the stony place, man. It's, just, it's the animal house of all the fucking houses. It has Puff in the name. Ivana's cat is named Puff, and it's a fluffy cat. And I, I'm, I'm so jealous. I want that cat. Well, what, what do you mean a fluffy cat? You have two cats. That's yeah, not fluffy enough. They're not they fluffy. Short hair cats is what you got. Yeah, I, I, I really want to adopt a, a fluffy black cat. What's the matter with your rabbit? The fluffy rabbit. Well, I just want more. More fluff, fluff everywhere. I want August truth August. in life and fluff everywhere else. <laughs> Here's the truth about mind. Thanksgiving, but I want fluff over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I prefer my fluff to be on my animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we've learned a lot in this episode. You have butchered some fucking bullshit and slaughtered some misinformation, man. I'll never look at Thanksgiving the same way. I'm. I say, 
on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's I important. spit on that hateful shit. Fuck sure. that dirty bird. It's important to know what, what we're actually celebrating. Just like, just like so many things, pretty much everything that the vegan community stands for, like uh, so many people just don't know about it. And so that's why we got to share the truth. Um, well, it was a delight listening to two actors. See what I did? Great. <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, yeah, talking to one another about uh, shared interest and not just like, oh my God, did you want to work with Quentin Tarantino? Yes, I want to work with Quentin Tarantino. Wow. Thanks. I'm going to hop off now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I miss you. I wish you were here to do this uh, in person. But uh, if if we got a Zoom, we Zoom. We will Zoom. Uh, and join us next week when me and the junior me, a girl and her dad, um, further. Is that a fucking spider? <laughs> I think it is. Look at him just floating around in my office. Fucking hey. Uh, when we uh, further uh, butcher the bullshit and slaughter the misinformation, we should say mangle the misinformation, but slaughter is, you know, because abattoir. So we need an S word and slaughter the shit, but we already said butcher the bullshit. Mm. So we need a word for lies or misinformation that begins with a letter S to keep it alliterative. Uh, DM us your ideas. <laughs> How long have we been doing this now? When did we start? During the pandemic, right? During, yeah, at the beginning. This will be our 18th episode. But when in time did we begin? So February, March? Oh, it came out on my birthday. We're literally at the halfway mark. Yeah, we are on December 26th. It's like your six-month birthday, almost. Oh, December 26th. Yeah, December 26th. That's also um, the anniversary of when I got cinnamon. December 26th. How many years have you had cinnamon? Somebody was just talking to me about this the other day. I was like, I think this (gasps) reaction is 10 years old. Holy shit. This will be be our seventh anniversary this year. How old was she when you got her? She's two. She was two. So she's going to be nine. Nine-year-old rabbit. Oh, my God. I think this is our seventh anniversary. I have to double check, but I'm pretty certain. I think it's your sixth. Didn't you get her when you were 15? Um, I don't I don't know. No, I think I got her when I was 14. Not 15? 14? I have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure it's about to be seven years with the love of my life. And this is why, you know... People tune in to the hard-hitting news of vegan abattoir so they can <laughs> speculate on how long you've owned your bunny. Not owned, parented. Parented your bunny. How long the bunny's been in your life. So long story short, that bunny's going to be nine years old. Yeah. She doesn't look it. Thank you. I don't think so either. She looks like a young bun. She's living young. She's, She's like, I'm living my best life. I got a new attitude. She really is living her best life. We watched uh, three episodes of a show called The Flight Attendant with mm-hmm. Kelly Cuoco, which debuted on HBO Max. And she is obsessed with rabbits and getting a rabbit. And they keep showing rabbits. Really? Yeah. I thought he was really watching. 
And I was like, oh, apparently there are others that like rabbits. And she talked about like adopting from a rabbit shelter. It's not just <laughs> me. <laughs> no, you're not alone. Um, well, there it is, kids. We've told you all we can this week. Come back next week. We'll tell you a little bit more and it'll all be green. Always green. Always plant-based. <laughs> always vegan. <laughs> yep. For Vegan Avatar, I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Now get out of our vegan avatar.